If you're wondering, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Are you girls complaining again? I hear murmuring too. They're talking bad about me for not putting it in the bulletin. Just look at it this way. You didn't have to change and look up something else this today. Exodus, cha- Exodus chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. One of my favorite stories in Exodus. And notice what it says. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. They turn and camp before Phi Hiroth between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. I'd have been lost just finding the names. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And then it just says, and they did so. So that's where they went to camp. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, his army, and overtook them, camping by the sea beside Pharaoh Harioth and Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better to have served the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you just for the opportunity to meet with you. We know you're here. You've promised us in your word where two or three would gather in your name. There you'd be in our midst. Father, this is holy time because you are here. You are our holy God. Still our hearts and minds before you by your holy power. Lord, speak to us in a clear and understandable way what you would have us to do today. Especially, Lord, speak to those who need to make spiritual decisions. Some need to accept Christ publicly as our personal Lord and Savior. Some need to come in rededication and start anew with you. Some need to join the church by baptism or letter, Lord, or statement. 
Some have burdens they need to drop at the foot of the cross and leave them there with you today. Lord, you do all things. You gain the glory, for you alone are worthy. And it's a precious name that is above every name that I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I uh, read about uh, what I thought was the best illustration I could give for faith. Many of you on TV have seen these little antelope that they call an African impala. What amazed me about these little antelopes wasn't that they were the fastest antelope, but they can jump up to 10 foot high, 30 foot at a time in distance. So you got that 10 foot high, 30 foot in distance. And yet when you see them in zoos around the world, you can keep them in any enclosure with a three foot fence that's solid and they can't see through. And I can begin to question that, and scientists, as best they can determine is, these little impalas will not jump if they can't see where their feet are going to land. And so it is with us. Sometimes we want to see it before God does it. But God doesn't work that way. Sometimes we want to see the whole plan before we take our first step, and that's not faith. You see, if we're going to grow in faith, if we're going to go and grow through this journey of life that is a faith journey with Jesus, we have to exercise our faith to grow and go. We have to exercise our faith to go and grow. And so I see about three things in this passage that we're going to have to do to exercise our faith and go and grow. The first one's very simple. To go and grow and exercise our faith, we need to remember the power of God. We need to remember the power of God. We talk about God's power. We talk about God being able to do anything, and then we sort of don't believe it. We sort of think, no, that's too hard, or no, God doesn't work that way, or whatever you want to call it. But we need to remember some things about God's power. You see, here they are. They try, they're, they're camping. What we don't realize is it's a little peninsula. There's mountains on one side. The sea is behind them. There's mountains on the other side. They're out there on that peninsula. And the only way out is where Pharaoh and those 600 chariots are rushing down upon them by the sea. Now, we don't think much of chariots because we're not used to that. But chariots in their day were the big tanks in our day they would just mow people down they'd run over people they were almost impossible to stop and to have 600 of them you were truly the mightiest nation on the earth but here they are in their camp and they look up and there comes pharaoh and all these chairs and they begin to cry out oh moses 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 oh god why did you let us do this for here we are and we're trapped Now, they should remember God's power. In ten mighty plagues, he judged the whole nation of Egypt. They were so sick of God judging them that they let the Israelites go, and the Israelites did not have to fight one battle. They didn't have to lift one sword. All by God's power. And yet at the first sign of trouble, oh! What am I going to do? 
And they cried out to God, but it wasn't in faith. It was in fear because they had forgotten God's power. When trouble knocks on your door, when the crisis comes, do you act in faith or fear? Did you forget God's power in your life? A lot of times on New Year's Day, I like to watch the Rose Bowl Parade. Uh, the floats amaze me that people would take that much time putting rose petals on anything. Okay? Now, I'm sorry. I can do a lot of things, but that's not one of them. I'm not that creative, and they don't want me working on one. But on this particular Rose Bowl Parade, this beautiful float sputtered and stopped. They were scrambling around. The whole parade's held up. It was the third parade in the, in the order. So everything's held up because it's out of gas. Oh, that's not the kicker. The kicker was it was the Standard Oil Company's float. <laughs> so here's an oil company with vast reserves of oil and making gas all over the world, and their float representing their company is out of gas, no power, in the Rose Bowl Parade. Here we are as Christians going through this life, and we act like we don't have any power. You see, sometimes we neglect our prayer time. We don't have any power. Sometimes we neglect reading God's Word. We don't have any power. Sometimes we fail to surrender to the Holy Spirit's will. We have no power. And yet we cry out to God like it's His fault. Where's the power? But you see, God has told us all about His power. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued is the Greek word that means clothed with power. We walk through life clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, not using that power, not acting in faith, not doing what God would have us to do because we've forgotten about the power of God in our lives there are other instances that he told us the same thing Ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 <clears throat> he says this well if I go to the right page I'd get it there he says and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. I can keep going, Jesus said, but you wait and until the Holy Spirit comes when you will be endued with power from on high and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. All through Scripture, I keep reading you scriptures about God's power is for His children. Yet when crisis shows up, oh, God just doesn't love me, Brother Gary. He just don't act that way in my life. If you're His child, bought by the blood of His Son, He already proved He loved you. Don't act like a sissy. That's Brother Tucker's term. I just got some, call some of you big old guys sissies. I'm up here safe. You notice that, right? Act like you know the Holy Spirit. Act like the power of God rests on your life because as a child of God, you're entitled to the power 
of God. And if we're going to grow and go in faith, we need to remember the power of God. In Matthew 1, 37, here's the way the angel Gabriel said it to Mary. He was announcing the birth of Jesus. She said, how can this be since I've never known a man? He said these words, nothing will be impossible with God. He who brought forth his son from a virgin. He who raised his son from the dead to life everlasting is the power that works in and through us. Remember God's power in your life. Does that mean you'll never have problems? I didn't say that. Does that mean crisis won't arise that make you just, oh, inside i didn't say that wouldn't happen but i'm saying remember in the midst of that crisis and have faith that god has the power to get you through to the other side don't give up don't quit don't back up don't throw up your hands oh moses what did you do to us they were good baptist forgetting the power of god Do we understand that? That God that helped them is the same God who's going to help us? So don't forget the power of God in your life. If you're sitting there saying, I don't have the power of God, then I want to ask you a question. Do you have Jesus? Are you a blood-bought believer? If not, you don't have any power, and you ought to be crying out to God to save your soul. The second thing that I see in this, to grow in faith and to go forward, we need to look to the presence of God in our lives. Look to the presence of God in our lives. Look look at Exodus 13. We didn't read this passage. Exodus 13, verse 20. It says, So they took their journey from Succoth, and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. Now here's the good part. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as, they, so as to go by day and night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now, go over to Exodus fourteen nineteen. verse 19 says the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel that pillar moved behind them and the pillar of cloud went before them and stood between them so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light to the other by night so that the one did not come near the other all that night Here they are, and they're crying out to Moses, and this is what gets me. You realize that God had led them every step of the way, pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. They didn't have to worry about the darkness. God's presence was physically manifested with them. He he was still there, 
when the Egyptians showed up. They forgot about the presence of God in their lives. Do you realize we have the presence of God? We need to understand that any bob up believer uh, has a down payment of our future glories. He's called the Holy Spirit. He resides within us. It's God's presence in our lives. And we need to understand that. You know, I like the way one preacher said it. Here they are crying out and God is still right there. Here's the spiritual truth I want you to get. When the devil sits on your doorstep, God is still with us. Did you get that? You, you see, many people forget God's presence is with his kids. When the devil's at work, God's still right there. He hadn't left you alone. Oh, you don't know me. No, you don't know your scripture. Do you understand that? There's so many things. Exodus 13, 5 says, Be content with such things as you, ha as you have, for he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. 1 Corinthians 1, 22. Again, if I can find it. First Corinthians one, verse twenty-two, and yes, I know it comes after twenty-one, number four. You say that isn't the scripture reference I would. Let's go to First Corinthians two nine. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor prepared uh, entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God revealed them through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the deep things of God and knows the heart of man. You see, God is with us. His Spirit is right there. We can keep going on. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 tells us the same thing. Uh, I know I marked it. I think I've got to start writing bigger is what the problem is. I would never admit that. So if you ask me later, I'll deny it. Philippians 1, 6 says it this way. Now... Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me explain that in plain Arkansas. Do you remember when you were saved? Was there a definite time when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You weren't always just a child of God. You had to make a definite time to repent of your sins and place your faith in him. It says he who began that work. We'll complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. So he calls us home or comes back. He's going to continue working on us with his spirit. His presence is with us. These people forgot about the power of God. They forgot. There's the cloud. They should have looked there and said, don't worry about it. God's got it. There he is. They didn't do that in fear. Oh, no, Moses. It had to be been a Baptist business meeting. Y'all think that's funny, but that's not funny. <laughs> Let me tell you something about fear. Fear makes us stand still. Fear grabs our hearts where we don't act. There's a time to pray and a time to act. They should have been praying and then acting on what God had already told them. But they forgot about his presence. You see, if fear makes us stand still, here's what's so important about that. If we, as a church, stand still, are you getting this? Now, some of you are starting to wake up. If we, as a church, stand still, generations will die and go to hell. 
Their blood is on our hands because we haven't carried forth the witness of Jesus Christ in the place where he has planted us. We have to remember the power of God. We have to remember the presence of God and go after it. You see, Henry Blackaby said it this way, find God's presence where he is working and join him there. God's presence is always in the work of the church of Jesus Christ. Nothing is accomplished without God's presence and power with us. On a personal note, if you think God has forsaken you, if the troubles are mounting where you feel they're going to overwhelm you and drown you, you need to look for God's presence. You need to decide, is, is God really here? Does God really love me? Sort of like, or it's like this. Let's see if you're awake now. Look around and how many things blue do you see? Start looking. Count them up. How many things blue do you see? Okay, somebody say, how much did you see that was blue? 42? <laughs> He's counting like a Baptist preacher. Okay, you, you, immediately you start seeing blue that you didn't notice when you were looking for blue. Let, let me put it another way. When you buy a new car, now I don't, I'm not talking that it's brand new, but it's new to you. You know, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to start noticing that type of car everywhere you go. Because you're acclimated to seeing that, or you're acclimated to seeing blue. If you can't see God's work in your life, God's presence, you need to start looking. Get your acclimator fixed. Start praying, read your Bible, look around. He's there in our lives. He promised it, and He never breaks one single promise. And if you start looking, you'll see God in the midst of it start opening it up. Have you forgotten to look for God's power in your life? Have you forgotten to look for God's presence in your life? That's why your faith is struggling. It's time to go and grow. The third thing is this. To go and grow in faith, we must remember God's purposes and promises in our life. We have to remember God's purposes and promises in our life. Now, what do I mean? They'd forgotten God's power, they'd forgotten God's presence, but they'd forgotten God's promise. When he led them out of Egypt, he told them he's going to lead them out. He told Moses, who's crying out to him, and he says, don't cry out to me, go forward. He'd already promised these people that he had a purpose and a promise for them. His purpose was to gain glory so all of Egypt and all the known world through destroying Egypt would know he alone was God. That was the purpose. The promise was, I'm going to lead you to the promised land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't worry about it. I got this. No water? No problem. Strike the rock. Water pulls forth from the rock. No food? Don't worry about it. Go out in the morning and collect manna. That was the best donuts ever. <laughs> They've forgotten all of God's promises and started hollering, isn't that disgusting? That sound is awful. But that's just the way I see it happening. You see, 
You need to understand, again, there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. It was time to act. Go forward. Go forward for God's glory. And God moves us forward for His glory. Exodus 14, 17 through 18, it tells us that. He said, I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow you, so that I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army and his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and I have gained honor myself over Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. You see, when God moves us forward, it's for His glory, not ours. When God moves us forward, it's for His purpose, not ours. We need to remember God's promises and God's purposes in our life. When He said, go forward, it looked impossible. Now remember, mountains on this side, mountains on that side, the sea behind them, Pharaoh and 600 chariots in front of them, and He said, go forward. Do you think a bunch of slaves knew how to swim in the sea? They got little ones. They got livestock. There's sharks in the sea. I ain't swimming in the sea. It looked impossible. But do you remember? Nothing shall be impossible for God. You see, we need to understand that. We claim sometimes God's promises. Jesus told Peter, Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's God's promise. You see, we're not to be holy huddles that sit there and say, Oh, we're just hanging on. If we're just hanging on, close the door. We've ceased to be the church of the living Lord. We've ceased to glorify His name. Just hang it up. Churches aren't meant to do that. Churches are meant to grow and go in faith and it takes faith and faith means i can't see the end of it it's scary do you know that moving forward is always scary moving forward is always hard how much faith did it take to start inching towards that sea until moses raises up the staff and parts it and i don't know about you but a strong enough wind from the nostrils of god to open a sea they thought they were in a hurricane. It's always hard to move forward with God. If it was easy, it's probably not of God. Do we understand that? Do we get it? That's why He promised us. We know all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, and we love that part, but then it says, and are called according to His purpose. And then he tells us the purpose. Whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And conform means stamped out, rubbed out, pressed together so we look like Jesus. And some of us need more rubbing and pulling on. You see, do we believe God's promises? You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And since I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This world may batter us. Amen. This world may assault us. Amen. This world makes us cringe. I better back up. Don't need to be that close. Amen. Okay. But it doesn't change my eternal destiny. The devil... Tries to cripple me. He does. 
You know, I mean, I'm not bragging. This is this is this is God. After all those strokes where they just said there were multiple strokes showing up on my CAT scan on my brain, I can still talk sometimes. <laughs> I can still do the honeydew jobs that Elizabeth wants me to do sometimes. That's a miracle of God, y'all. And the only reason I can say that is, for some reason, it's not my time. When it is, I'll be gone, and don't you feel sorry for me because I'll be home. Until he's done with me and my purpose. Whatever my purpose is. To lead more to the Lord, I hope. You see, but there's something about God's purpose that we need to understand in God's promise. It works like this. I like to read National Geographic sometimes. Most of the time they're into all this evolution stuff. And I just, <sighs> but they talked about, they had a series on bull moose. And I thought, oh, I'd like to hunt one of those. And... Uh, they were talking about that in the fall, during the rut, that these moose, whoever is the biggest and has the strongest antlers, wins. That made sense to me. They said that the winning was not determined in the fall. The winning was turned way back, determined way back in the spring. The one who ate the most and weighed the most and ate the best food to grow antlers so that it didn't break off and he had no defense was the one who won during the rut. The devil... Wants to attack you. Oh, Brother Jerry. What do you think the Bible calls him? A roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to pounce. And so he walks by your house. He sits on your doorstep. He says, oh, today's a good day. They're having a lousy day. I'm going to get him. You think, oh, my word. Where is God? He's right there. His power is right there. His promises are still there. But you see, the battle for the moose took place before the fight, the preparation did. Are we preparing for those days in our faith, walking with God, trusting God, getting to know God through his word, getting to know God through service? Are we preparing for those days when the devil jumps us like a roaring lion? The best part about it is, James went on to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Are you strong enough to resist? Have you prepared enough to resist? Why do I harp about prayer and Bible study and Sunday school and all these other things we do as ministries? Because we need that. Amen. How are you going to do battle against the wiles of the devil without putting on the armor of God? We need to remember God's promises. We need to get into God's word. We need to understand what he says to us about his promises. I'm going to read two of them for you very quickly. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. Jesus is speaking to the churches of Revelation and he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise. You see how Jesus wants you to live as an overcomer? Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Have you forgotten your purpose? Have you forgotten 
that you are the people of God, that you are God's son or God's daughter, that you are joint heirs with Christ? Have you forgotten that you're to live victoriously? Have you forgotten <clears throat> that church, our church, exists not only for those on the inside, but to reach those on the outside? Have you forgotten that we're not to hush up as the government wants us to hush up and the media wants us to hush up? Have you forgotten that we are the church of the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the great I Am, the one who was and is and is to come? Have you forgotten that? That's God's promise. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to do. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I want to tell you something. They used to tell me. My father used to say, getting old is not for sissies. I got news for you. Being a Christian isn't easy. Amen. Well, why do I want to do it? Because it's all worth it. Amen. Jesus said he'd never leave us or forsake us. In the midst of that storm, you find yourself in. There is Jesus in the boat calming the storm in your heart. There is Jesus to release his power in ways we don't understand. Have you ever noticed that we ask God to do it one way and he says, I can't get glory that way. Let me handle it. And he does something just totally off the wall. And I'm thinking, God, I know you did it. I don't know how, but you did it. Amen. I'm getting an amen over here. Some little kid like that. I like that. Out of the mouths of babes, praise shall come. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. We're going to have the invitation. I'm sure I've gotten long-winded today. You need to come and surrender to the power of God and drop your burdens at the cross. Do you need to come and reaffirm the presence of God in your life and ask Him, show me you, Lord, show me. I have nothing else to hang on to. It's been stripped away. Do you need to come and remember the promises of God? There came the promise that if you will confess your sin and believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus Christ raised from the dead, you shall be saved. That all things work together, together for good to those who love the Lord. I don't know whether you need to come accept Christ or come in rededication, come join the church, come surrender the burden, but God is here and he knows. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand and you get ready to sing and come as God would have you come. Father God, you be with us. You gain the glory. It's all yours.